God is good, is he not? It's a great day. Let's just pray for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for how great you are. Father, we just take in everything that has been ministered to us in, in, in worship and in praise. We just focus today. We don't want to just rush through in our minds what we've received today about how awesome and great that you are, the love that you have for us, the wisdom and understanding that you have given us. We're not in this life on our own. We're here with your help, your protection, your care, your provision, your health, your healing. Everything belongs to us. You so love the world that you gave the best of heaven. We purpose, Lord, we're, we're in this house today to receive from your word, to, to be in a greater way established in the revelation of who we are and who you are, and be on the receiving end of all that you have for us so the world knows that you're real. We bless you today, Father. We thank you in the house. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. God is good today. <clears throat> um, today I'm going to finish a series we've been on in the last few weeks entitled What the World Needs Now. And what they need is love. That's what the world needs. Everybody needs love. And so we've been talking about that laying a foundation. I've got a just an ending message today in this. And before I do, I want to I just talk to you for a moment about, um, I want to talk to you about this, what's in the news all over the planet about this uh, coronavirus. And um, I, I, I mean, I don't always talk on things that have to do with you know, with what's happening in our world and our system, especially don't talk a lot about politics. By design, we don't talk a lot about politics. Um, some, but not much. And uh, things that are just out there in the forefront don't always address because a lot of times, a lot of it's just emotion and Things stirred up and, you know, you could be up one day and down the next and one Sunday things could be great and the next Sunday bad be based on what the news says. No, it's all good. Everybody say, everything's good. Everything's, everything's good. good in God, always. <clears throat> but I just want to address just, just two things. I want you to have this in your thinking today regarding this virus. Um, number one... <clears throat> If you've watched any news at all, they're giving us instructions of things to do in the natural. Do those things, you know. Wash your hands when you go places. You should be doing that anyway, you know. Uh, not just because this is out. You should be washing your hands. You're out somewhere and you're touching all kinds of stuff. Man, germs are everywhere. They're, they are out there. So wash your hands, you know. Cover your mouth if you're coughing or something's happening. You know, do, do whatever, that, do the things that they're saying. And I mean, build, build your immune system up, you know. Um, 
I'm just telling you, not because of this. This is just part of my regular routine. I take a lot of vitamin A, a lot of vitamin D, a lot of vitamin C. I just do it naturally. And, and those natural things are good. The Bible says that that type of stuff profits a little. It profits. But godliness really profits. And uh, so do those things and build your immune system so that when stuff does come around, that your, bo- your body just in the natural is able to fight it off. But I want to give you something that's even more powerful, and this is what needs to be first in your life. Proverbs 3 and verse 7 says this, that the Word of God is medicine to all of your flesh. When you read from Proverbs 3, 1 through 7, it talks about the Word of God. It's all, the whole passage is about God's Word being alive on the inside of us. And the word medicine is in the margin of the King James. It's, it's the word health. If you read the King James, it's the word health. And in the margin is the word medicine. In, in the original Hebrew, that word means medicine. God's word is medicine to all of your flesh. So you and I need to be speaking and declaring the word of God in a way like we would be taking vitamin A and D and vitamin C or any type of other medicine. Those natural things are good, but I'm telling you, we have to believe that the Word of God is real. We have to believe that it's medicine to all of our flesh. When we're speaking it and declaring it, it's accomplishing something in us. It's on a mission. That's why you need it every single day of your life. Not just when you hear some bad report about something that's out there that could kill you. That's what they're, you know, I mean... I just, I, I, I mean, I thank God for some, there's like some balanced reports out there. I mean, they, they're telling you things could, could be really bad, you know, but the, the, but the concern rate is very low at the moment here in the United States, but not in other countries. Things are happening. Many people have died as a result of this. But many people have died of a lot of stuff. And the other thing that we have to remember is this. If we're developing a relationship with God, we have to remember 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 1 and verse 7. We have to remember that and meditate on it. Not just that verse, but there's hundreds of them throughout the Bible. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what God has given me. And so if God hasn't given me fear, why would I accept fear? Did you hear So, in regards to anything that you do, be sober. Listen to your spirit. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. But do do nothing and don't do something out of fear. If our country tells us, if you're thinking about flying to South Korea, yesterday they put kind of a ban there, you can go. But it may be six months before you get back in the country. But South Korea and Italy and uh, Iran, any of you ever taken a vacation in Iran? Uh, Just cancel that, right? Any of those places 
because the Bible says obey the laws of the land. That's what our land said. So, okay, I won't be going to South Korea unless God tells me I'm supposed to do that. Then I'll get back whenever I need to get back. You understand? So, so flow with people, but listen to God. You understand? Do the natural things. Wash your hands and take all the vitamins. I take the vitamins anyway. The Bible says they're good. The, it, it, that profits a little. But man, the Word of God profits everything. I'm telling you, the Word profits it all. I will not be afraid. I had some, somebody ask me a real honest question the other day. Pastor, do you think that we'll still go to Israel next year because of the coronavirus? As of right now, there's no ban in Israel. And wherever we go, we're protected, we're cared for. Holy Spirit tells you something different, you don't go. Right? As, as of the moment, it gets closer to that time. And for some reason, we're not supposed to go. We'll hear God. Otherwise, we're not in fear. We're not, we're, not in, in, we're not anxious over that situation or anything else. No. We'll do whatever God says. I've got a number of, of trips out of the country over the next couple of years. And the safest place to be is where God wants you. Wherever God tells you to be, that's the safest place. That's why you have to develop a relationship with God to know how to hear His voice, to do what He says. Right? We don't know Jesus in, in, uh, in, in the natural anymore. We know Him by the Spirit. We walk by faith and not by what we see and how we feel. And we have to believe this, not just talk about it and then something Ugly happens, and then we start relating and going back to the natural part of it. No, we can't live in the natural. We have to live in the spirit first so that what we do in the natural will be effective. That's what Jesus did. That's what he told us to do. That's what we're learning every single day. That's why you come here. That's why you're listening to the things that are being taught. Faith in God comes from hearing, and then the Holy Spirit reveals in our inner hearing, what we really need to know. We have to know the person of the Spirit. We have to know Him. We have to be confident. Say this after me. No fear. fear. In here. here. No fear in me, right? I give no place to fear. And you know what? Don't don't jump on other people that are afraid. Don't don't, don't do any of that. Just be. Love people. Pray for people. You know, people come to you. What what, what are we going to do about this? How many... How many were a part of the year 2000? You were part of the transition and the changeover into, you know, the demonic thing and all the stuff that was going to happen. In April of 1999, the Holy Spirit directed me to tell whoever was part of our church at the time that um, don't buy an extra bottle of water, don't buy a generator, don't buy nothing. Because nothing's going to happen. I, I, I mean, why I said that? Holy Spirit told me, just tell the people, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I mean, it, people were freaked. There were people that made millions off of fear. They made millions on the year 2000 and what, what supposedly was going to happen. Everything was going to shut down and all these things. I mean, it, it was horrible. It was, a, it was an epidemic of fear. And that's what 
What you hear and what you see out there wants to pull you into. But what we have to believe, as Abraham did, that what God has promised, he is able to perform that. Because those things are already done and accomplished. We just have to be on the receiving end. And we can't, faith and fear don't mix. They're like oil and water. They don't mix together. So we cast fear out and give fear no place to operate where our physical bodies are concerned. You understand? I mean, but be smart. Be spiritually smart. Don't do stupid things. God tells you not to do something and you go do it anyway because, you know, I walk by faith. No, you're walking in pride. Did you hear me? Do what the Holy Spirit says. So, that was free. Um, Today we're talking about what the world needs. And I'm telling you, like never before, the world needs the love of God. Amen? I've been talking in this series, and last week we really drove this point home that and I'll re- we'll read this verse of Scripture again, but I just want to emphasize this, that loving people can only happen effectively through your life when you know how much God loves you, how much He loved you and loves you today and will always love you. And... Um, you know, you can ask people, because you think God loves you? Well, yeah, 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 God loves me. But I mean, to really believe that God truly has a passionate love. In other words, you're his favorite. Oh, I don't know about that. Because what about everybody else? Well, somehow, somehow, when you read the promises of God and you see that you're God's favorite, everybody's his favorite. But, just letting you know, I'm his real favorite. But you have to believe that. You have to believe that yourself to be able to love other people that way. That's the reason in our society that we're so competitive with other people. That's why there's so much, there's so much, I just, I mean, the lack of a better way to say it, there's so much demonic competition. <laughs> and I'm going to show you why. Just real simply and to the point today, I'm going to show you why it's that way but we don't want to focus on why it's that way we want to focus on that we're free from that amen we have the ability to walk free and live our lives free from being and living in this competitive spirit that wants to competition is great but not when it's demonic not at the expense of other people Mm. so luke 12 And verse 29. And I do not seek, he said, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added to you. What things? All the natural things and being liberated from an anxious mind. When you seek the kingdom first. But when you seek the kingdom of what? Of God. 
And who is God? Well, 1 John 4, 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God doesn't just love, He is the love. And God so, God so Himself was so about everything that He is when He saw me and He gave Himself for me. God the Father gave the Son and the Son in the garden said, God, I want your will to be accomplished. Hebrews 12 says that he endured the cross in his passion and his love for you and I. We have to understand that. We have to work that out. Because all these things in life that we seek after, I'm telling you today, are wrapped up in this revelation and understanding. A better way to read this, I'm going to read in the Amplified, it's, uh, it's uh, Matthew's uh, interpretation or his writing of uh, what Luke said in Luke 12, and it's found in Matthew 6 and verse 33, and I want to read this in the Amplified, just this one verse. But he said, but seek... Aim at and strive after, first of all, his kingdom. Whose kingdom? God's kingdom, which is what? Love's kingdom. And and this is the kingdom of love. And he said, and his righteousness, which is what? In parentheses, it defines what his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. And all these things, all the natural things, liberated from an anxious mind, all these things shall be added to you when you get what? His way of loving. When you understand how He operates and you get a hold of that and you work that out in your life, all the things that we seek after, they'll come to us. So in the midst of living life and doing what you do, God wants you to make sure that you separate the time in your life every day, every week, every month in a a continuous way to understand how much He loves you so that you can turn around with that love and love others with. So loving somebody is not a hard, legalistic type thing. It's something you do because of your relationship with love. When you have a relationship with love, you can love. Love truly is the foundation of the kingdom. It's the foundation of God's way of doing and the right way to do it. Love is. In John 13, he gave this. He said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. You can't love your neighbor, who's everybody else other than you. You can't love other people when you don't know how he loved you. 
unconditionally, not holding anything against you, unconditionally, he loved you. Just like you are today, he loved you. In the shortcomings and things that aren't totally right in your life today, he loved you. Not will love you. When you get it right, he already loved you. When you understand that, you're able to have passion and compassion and mercy and grace on other people. Otherwise, you'll judge harshly other people. Because when we don't know how much God loves us, then we need to judge other people concerning these kind of things that I'm talking about today. We have to judge other people to make us feel like we're okay. God just wants us to be liberated from that. You'll never lose by showing compassion first. You'll never lose by thinking of someone else before you think of yourself. You'll never lose. You'll always win. but you have to work that out. One thing for me to stand up here and tell you that, but another thing for you to really go to the Word, allow the Word to become that revelation, and in your relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, that He really show you that. And then how to implement that from one situation to the next. A new commandment, I'll read it again. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this will, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Because by love is the kingdom way. Not by miracles will people know that I'm real, that God is real. Not by healings, not by how apparent, apparently, or how, how, how much you appear to be successful at what you do. That won't minister to people the greatness of God. It's His love. Not by anything else, but only by His love. Everybody say, by His love. Amen. First <clears throat> Corinthians 13 and verse 4. And the rest of the service, I want to focus on this one word. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Love suffers long and is kind, and love does not envy. And the first part of verse 8 in that same passage says, Love never fails. But there's something about this word envy that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm giving it to you today because you just need to be aware of it. Most people aren't going to explain what I'm explaining to you today. Most people you know aren't going to give you, spend time giving you a session on what envy is. Because a lot of times we don't even like to talk about it. But the Bible says a lot about this word. My gosh. 
I mean, it says a lot about this word. But love doesn't envy. Love never envies. You and I do at times in situations. We overcome it, but you'll only overcome envy through love. You'll only overcome things like what I'm talking about today through understanding God who is love. And when you understand him and how much he loved you, then you're able to allow him to show you how to overcome and take authority over the spirit of envy. It's literally a spirit. <clears throat> James 3 and verse 16 shows us this. <clears throat> For where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion and every evil thing are there. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are present. Where envy and self-seeking are concerned, there's confusion and every evil thing is present there. I don't know about you, but if it says envy and self-seeking create all kinds of confusion in every evil thing, everybody say every. Yeah, I had to look twice on that one. Every evil thing is present. It's present. In other words, all kinds, if, if one evil thing attacking you doesn't work, but they're all there. And yet, yet, those spirits are defeated and have no right, but we open the door to them and give them rights. How? Envy? Self-seeking? No love. Not developing God who is love inside of us. Hebrews 10 and verse 36 tells us what we need. For you have need of endurance so that after, everybody say after. <clears throat> Dang it. If it could be before. So that after you have done the will of the will of love. After you have done the will of love, you may receive the promises. That the promise comes to us when we are now walking in the will of His kingdom, which is what? His love. And walking in the will of his kingdom is putting that first place. In other words, where I know in my life that I'm struggling to walk in love, that I begin to apply the love of God by spending more time understanding how much God loves me. 
Because I'm telling you, where you operate outside of the love of God, 1 John 4, 8 says you don't know God in that way, in that area of your life. That's where it needs to be developed. And you and I have to be so open to admitting to the fact that, you know what? My action is opening the door to every evil work of the enemy. Many people wonder why certain things don't happen in their life, but if I have these things working and operating, and I'm doing nothing about it, for you to see things you've never seen before, sometimes you've got to do things you've never done. This is my definition of envy from about five different um, dictionary types. To boil over with jealousy. To burn with anger. Always competitive. Rivalry. And all this is the nature of the enemy. All of it. And yet, if you look at all of that, the opposite of all those things are what really the truth is when you know when you know God as love so when you find yourself in a, in a, in a difficult situation with another person and you know God as that love and and you purpose to put your first foot forward in being kind because love is kind. And where you've been so jealous of someone else and, so, and what someone else is doing in their life and you just can't stand, you feel like it's boiling over on the inside. There's kind of this rage of jealousy that you have towards another person what what they're accomplishing. How do you shut something like that down? Your head's screaming but your heart is saying something like this. Compliment him. What do you mean, compliment him? What are they going to think? Uh, they may fall over. <laughs> compliment him. See that your heart will say, your heart will tell you what love would do. Love's already rejoicing with them for whatever good's happening in their life. You think by being jealous and, 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 and having this rage or this anger or this attitude, this envy toward their life, you think that like you're, you're working something against them. All you're doing is open the door to the enemy. We've got to shut the door and give it no place. But you'll never shut the door if you don't know how much God loves you. Can't do it. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor the way that I've loved you. Those are the things that he told us to do. You will never love unlovely people if you don't know how much he loved you. We can't do it. Don't even try. Don't even try. You'll fail. And then what happens is, Well, I tried, but it just didn't work. 
It's not trying, it's doing. And the doing first is really beginning to experience from God his love for you. And how? By taking his promises as the truth. I so loved you that I gave the best of heaven that you'd be set free and delivered, not because you did everything right, but because I just loved you. I know the mistakes you made. I'm saying this like if I'm saying, saying this from God. I know the mistakes that you made. I still love you. I know all that you've done, but I still love you. But I love you so much, I've given you truth, and the truth I'm speaking today, God loves you so much that he gave me this word to give to you because he loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay in some of the stuff you're in. Everybody's got stuff. I don't, have to, I don't have to think in the back of my mind, oh my gosh, does this relate to anybody here? This relates to everybody here. I don't care what you've come through. You can go to another level, man. This is, this is, this is the life that we're living now, today, forever and ever, Right? Thank God for his word and how much he loves us and he forgives us. We're able to forgive other people. But you know what that does? You don't have to like it. You don't even have to like the people that you're beginning to develop a better attitude toward. But you have to love doing it because it's the will of the Father. You have to love that. And when you do, it shuts the door to the enemy. Shuts the door to envy and self-seeking, those type of things. So that the door of God's blessing and empowerment be upon your life. Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to end with this passage I'm going to read to you today. <clears throat> Romans chapter 4. and starting with verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. God had spoke it early on when he was about 75 years old. We're talking about Abraham here. This is the account of Abraham. 24 years passed, him trying to help God out and make everything work. God had to work some things out in his life. And then he began to declare, as we see right here, he began to declare that he was the father of nations. And within that year, Isaac was born. Because he began to believe, but it took him 24 years to come to that place of really believing that what God had said about him was absolutely true. The more you understand about how much God loved you 
and how much he's about your life, there are where the promises are tied to. Same way with Abraham, same way with us. Watch what it says. So that he became the father of nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Say, that's me. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb, who was about 90. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now, I want to read these, the last couple of verses that are left there in a moment, but I want to say this. What he, love, had promised he was able to perform. Now, I want you to think about Abraham's story and, and one of the things that that statement right there is talking about. One of the things that that statement is talking about is the picture of Abraham and Isaac being like Jesus and you and I. God told Abram, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to offer him as sacrifice. Abraham did it. Long journey. Up the mountain. Prepared the wood. Begin to do what it took, lifted the knife, and out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere at the top of the hill where there's no vegetation and nothing up there for some ram to be up there, out of nowhere came the sacrificial lamb. And his hand was stopped, and God performed. And what that passage to me is saying, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what love had promised, love was able to perform. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. Abraham and Isaac was a picture of what would happen with Jesus. And the fact that Abraham, all man, was willing to offer up his own son because of his love for God, because of what he had learned. Listen, if God's telling me to do something, I'll do it. Because I know God loves me, I know he's got my back, but this was years after. In those first 24 years of Abraham's life, We see where he failed miserably in those ways. Trying to help God out, being afraid that it wasn't going to happen. This is all the things that happened. And and as a result of that, thinking, self-seeking, thinking about himself. And when he got rid of that, his heart became so filled with the love of God because of how much he knew God loved him. That he was able to offer his only child. And what he did 
what this passage is saying, and I just want to read these last two verses. <clears throat> and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him, for, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Because of him. Now today, you and I, we are liberated and free. And I want to say it like this to you, and I want you to catch this. <clears throat> Abraham endured to know how much that God loved him. And it worked. And what did he receive? He received the blessing. The blessing is the empowerment of God. It's not the blessings. It's the blessing. The empowerment of God. Because when you are convinced of how much God loves you, you are empowered with a power that can stop nothing. Amen? I mean, in, in other words, nothing can stop your life from accomplishing everything God puts you here to accomplish when you know how much He loved you. And that's what happened with Abraham. And as a result of that, Abraham received the blessing, the promise of the blessing, that's been handed down to you and I because he said it wasn't just for him, but it was for us also. Thank God the scripture said that, amen? It wasn't just for him, it was for us also. And so as a result of that, there's the promise of healing. There's the promise of prosperity. There's the promise of peace. There's the promise of protection. There's this knowing on the inside of you that God loves me so much, He's not letting anything hurt me. No coronavirus, no nothing. But you have to believe it. And I can't preach this message without saying to you this today. What I've just described to you is the nature of God. But God set it up for His nature and His promises to have to have one ingredient. If you have, if you have something that dissolves in water but in that let's say you have a you have a pill um anybody know what airborne is yeah i like those they're heavy seas and so if i'm gonna fly somewhere before i leave i'll take those every day i'll take one every day just to build my immune system up and i'll put it in water and it dissolves and then i drink it in the pill itself is everything that i need but it's not going to work effectively if I don't dissolve it in the water. And there's one thing that the pill, if you will, 
of, of a promise needs, and it has to be mixed with that, and it's belief. And so I'm just saying that, and, and I've, I've, I've said it at, at different times in my life. I, you, you'll never hear that coming out of my mouth today, but I've said it, and many people say it today. Well, you know, I believe that's true, but, you know, why didn't God make that happen? Because it takes the ingredient of belief. See, is God going to bring to you the results of the blessing that love produced and you walk in jealousy and hatred and envy? He can't mix that. See, so God's already done everything God is going to do, but, but what God has done for us, it takes that ingredient of me believing it to cause those things to work and come to pass. I'll just tell you honestly, I wish it didn't take that. I'm just being honest. I wish it didn't take me developing a belief system that this is really God. But I want it to work. And now you can't convince me that that's not true because of what he's revealed to me and what I know about it. And that's why I want to know more of it. And I want to develop that more every day of my life. I want to know how much he loved me. I want to be so confident that I live my life so free from jealousy or envy or strife or self-seeking or just being about myself. I want to be so far away from that. Because it's so liberating to live your life being able to love people unconditionally because that's the way he loved you and me. And the more I learn that, and the more I understand it, the more I'm empowered to be on the receiving end. And then the world knows, when I know how much God loves me, I turn around and love other people. And then the world knows that God is real. Not because of the miracles. Thank God for miracles. Everybody say, thank God for miracles. Say, thank God for healings. Thank God for this, that, and the other. The, 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 the gifts and the power of God in every single way. But he said, he said, the world will know I'm real because of the love you have for one another. Talking about in the church, believers, how you have love for each other. Amen? Amen. Take that word, this series. I would encourage you to take what we've preached and ministered and listen to it. You, there, you can go online and Listen and receive that uh, and listen to it as much as you want. There's no charge for those messages, but I would encourage you to listen and meditate on how vital knowing how much God loves you is the key to an open door, open opportunities, and God's blessing on your life in so many different ways. Can you say amen?